Popper to the People is brought to you by MTG Madness. You can visit them online at mtgmadness.com. This is Popper to the People. Um, with me this week is uh, Chris. Hello. And Mr. Dan. Yeah, I'm out. Uh, uh, Peter won't be joining us this week. He has not feeling good. I'm willing to bet it has something to do with being up super late all weekend at con. No, I totally passed it to him via Skype last week when I wasn't on. <laughs> yeah. No, it was pretty... Uh, this kind of leads into our, uh, but yeah, we'll take care of news later, but uh, um, talk about that later. But yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty crazy, whole weekend of just non-stop gaming and stuff, but uh, what have you been up to, Dan? What have I been up to? I've been playing a lot of M14 <laughs> during the Born of the Gods pre-release. Yeah. Uh, been playing some modern, some popper. It's cool. But mostly M14. Yeah. You tried a few decks out that I see here. Are you are you trying to revisit oh, yes. M fourteen, Dan? Like, what is your reason for connecting? Uh, no, my uh, uh, I had a lot of fun playing M thirteen, and it it started about this time of the year because now nobody really good is playing um, the corset, and I like corset limited much more than I like the uh, the sort of main set. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just having a lot of fun with the corsets. Yeah. So this doesn't have to do with your 100 videos of M14 or whatever that you promised? <laughs> it plays in, uh, absolutely. I promised 100 videos on uh, M14, and we have now delivered 73. So nice. there is uh, some work there. to be done. Man, yep. I, wish I, could, I wish I could pursue it, but uh, I don't know. I'm moving on to... Born of the Gods. Right now, the value is there, absolutely. The uh, uh, the worth of a pack of, of the cards in a pack of M13 is uh, quite a lot higher than a pack of Theros. Yeah. Did you try it? I, yeah, I noticed here you froze from the, yeah. last week. You uh, did, you worked at, you tried playing a few decks that we had on the, the few episodes ago? Yes, uh, so remind me what the decks were. I've been uh, playing it's about... Deck, the Simic Cypher? Yes, I play that. Uh, lost badly, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah. Which one was the other? Uh, did you try the Zoo deck? Yes, I did, yes. What? And I think uh, there I should have... Um, I, I'm going to try that more, because seemed that it had a lot of potential, but uh, what I expected to happen when I played it was that, okay, now I play from the top of my deck because my opponent managed to deal with all my stuff. Yeah. And uh, I have no card draw, da, 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 so, and that's exactly what happened. So I actually... Also been testing... Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, sorry, keep going. Go ahead. Oh. No, I tested... Um, and a lot of other guys tested uh, the Shafa Wafa Exhume Control deck. Uh, which is a ton of fun. I've been playing uh, Rugtron. Uh, I've been playing Chris Delvedeck. 
And I'll be playing the Isset Control List. Uh, how are they working for you? I haven't lost yet with the Isset Control <laughs> List. That's good. Um, both Tron and Delver are performing a lot better than uh, my... Oh, than, I, I've played a lot of Poker Decks, and I keep... Uh, maybe two extensive statistics and both Tron and Chris's Delver list is, are exceptional. Yeah. I have a really high win percentage. That's cool. Well, there you go, Chris. That's awesome. That's a great text. Yeah. Trending. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, obviously, I've been playing a lot of Delver, as you guys can tell by the results. Um, yeah. Just, uh, just I tweaked the list to try and beat the blue-red control deck. It does. It no longer feels unwinnable because I put Stormbound Geists in one in the main and two in the side, and yeah. uh, you know in the main board I just I just got Frostburn weird because I was I found I was like siding Frostburn weird out in every single matchup. Like even matchups where you think he was good, I was siding him out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like you know what is this guy actually doing for me? He's not doing anything, so I'll just take him out and put in Stormbound Geist. Uh, yeah. And then out of the sideboard, I took out uh, Deprive and Dispel, which were two cards that I brought in on the against removal-heavy decks anyway. So I just took those out and replaced those with Stormbound Geist in my main deck. So uh, The Stormbound Geist are awesome. They just do so much for the deck that, uh, you know, provided with the extra resiliency against removal-heavy decks. Uh, it's also awesome against... Uh, there was a few Delver lists running around before that run four serrated arrows out of the board, and yeah. Stormbound Geist really just negates serrated arrows altogether. Yeah. So... Yeah, the Stormbound guys took took the spot of that. Um, you know, Main of Warrior is really good against opposing serrated arrows. That's cool. Uh, so that's what I've been doing with that deck. Um, see, the last three premier event outings I've had were uh, uh, the, the most recent one I did was Sunday. I made top four. I got eliminated. I beat Blue Red Control in round one of the top eight. I went five one in the Swiss. Uh, then I beat Blue Red Control in round one of the, of the top eight, and then got paired against it in round two as well, and I lost that time in uh, yeah. round two of the top eight. But then the two previous times, the two prior times to that, I uh, made top two and decided to split with not like unfavorable matchups, but like the fifty fifty matchups. Yeah, uh, one of them was some old guy who was usually piloting teachings. I think he was that day too when I split with him. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. I mean, like I'm, I'm about fifty fifty versus him in competitive play. So uh, it could have gone either way. I was like, you know, let's just split. So split with him and the other the outing before that, I made it to the top two against Mezel, yeah. who is uh, he's been playing Delver for many more years than I have. And while I feel pretty confident in my mirror match now, I just still it's like, yeah, well, if you're gonna, might as well just split, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's clearly a better player than me, so I'll split with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, he's been doing this far longer, than, far longer than I have, and as confident as I am, he does have a very interesting way to play Delver that, you know, he's very yeah. hard to beat Yeah, consistently. So, there you go, that's what I've been doing with Popper. Uh, I finally, against your advice, Dan, I bought Mutavolt so I could play Standard. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I bought Mutaball. Alright. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I I played I picked up Mono Black Devotion with the Mutavaults and uh just played a standard daily with it today and 
Three ones, the standard daily. There you go. Yeah. Nice. So that pays for like two thirds of a mutavault. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, now I just need to do that like six more times. I'm good to go. Yeah. Uh, and you have to do it before mutavault uh, stops dropping in price. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm not a I'm not a standard guru or anything, but I don't really think that mutavaults tank in price until rotation. And even yeah. then, I don't think they really tank because. You know, modern. They're still played in modern. Yeah, yeah Mutavault. Everything tanks rotation. Yeah, I don't think. Um, I'd, Sorry. I'll bet you that Mutavaults are less than six tickets in November. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing was, Mutavaults before they were printed in M fourteen. What was their price? I mean, they were. It was about fourteen to twenty. Fourteen to twenty. Yeah. But the su- the supply is enormous now compared to what it was. Yeah, um, but it, my my counter argument that is that modern is actually picking up a lot in popularity, especially online. And you're starting to see a lot of these. It is still not. not no, it's, it's, it's obviously still a really small factor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look at what happened to Liliana's rotation. Yeah, she tanked a little bit, and then she, she lost spiked the third way. Value. Back, then she spiked way back up. Yes. Yeah, I'm not saying the price. I think Mutables will be worth a lot in like two or three years, but uh, they will be for a rotation. Yeah, uh, but either way, uh, I think you kind of need Mutables to play standard right now. And until some deck yes. goes, comes out there and really hates out mono blue or mono black, uh, you know, and even blue, even blue white control plays like three Mutables. So I think you really just need Mutables. <laughs> oh my god! Play, you just need Mutables to play standard and. So like you know what? If I'm gonna delve into this, and I think there's a mox coming up pretty soon in the standard um, season twelve or something like that. So I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna dive in. I'm gonna buy the mono black devotion deck, and when that mox comes up, I'll play mono black devotion for the for the mox, and you know, start to really learn the deck and play it a lot. I know I'm like really far behind the curve by like four months, but I feel <laughs> like I can I feel like I can catch up and do that. Nice. That's yeah, funny. I think it's a super powerful deck for standard. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. insane. And you know, they just got a whole lot of a whole lot more fuel too with uh, Drown and Sorrow and Bile Bite printed. But hey, we're a popper podcast. And, uh, yeah. We're gonna talk about. Uh, I, I wanted to mention something. Did you play any block, Chris? Lately? No, no. The, uh, the block, yeah, the block daily events just aren't firing anymore. I guess people just got such a bad taste of the format that just nobody's joining the block events anymore. Uh, and they're not yeah, I com- looked at the the Goldfish metagame report, and they said that 88% of the metagame is Naya monsters. Yeah, and I don't... I actually don't think... That, 88%? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that any, that any block dailies have fired since uh, Born of the Gods was printed. Wow. You know, I just... Well, it looks like the, well, no. I, the thing is, like, just I think people just are not joining it anymore because it's just like, no, I'm not going to play this stupid format because, you know, what's going to happen is people are going to play monsters. So the last uh, Theros block daily that was printed on the Mothership was uh, it's printed on Valentine's Day, and it had seven results. <laughs> so, that's it. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty <laughs> standard, right? Assuming that it fired with like close to minimum people, like yeah. 20 or so people, then. Uh, you know, in the in the seven results, it looks like they're all just Naya again, uh, which isn't surprising. <laughs> Not yeah. even stretch the imagination because the Friday was the first day that you could have Born of the Gods. But I just find it really interesting that 
you have a lot of potential for brewing in the format now with a brand new set coming out, and just nobody wants to do it. I I think as a whole, a lot of people are just fed up with Theros, like sick of it almost already, like the block in general, because it doesn't. I mean, it do, it has some new it has some new card card interactions, but uh, like uh, like what I'm hearing. From a lot of the longtime gamers like myself, like I've been playing Magic since like '94 and like '95, '96, a lot of them are viewing. A lot of people are starting to categorize Theros and Kamigawa almost in the same same category. Well, I don't think Theros is the most. Are. Well, no, not sales. <laughs> the most successful but, Magic set ever. Because I mean, Kamigawa sold really good too. But I think it just in general, people are just like the 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 feel of the of the of the set is the same as Kamigawa almost. Yeah, it's it's just because I mean it's I mean Kamigawa. I, I mean it's it's a wizard product. It was magic. It sold really good. There's lots of uh, Kamigawa sales, but uh, as a whole, it it if you look at flavor of the set, it wasn't that interesting. Kind of from a from a from a sense. I mean, it introduced ninjutsu stuff like that, and like they did the same thing with Theros, where they introduced some really cool mechanics. But uh, a lot of people are starting to uh, view the flavor of the of the of the set itself a lot, like Kamigawa, and like a lot of older players, like myself. Yeah, they don't like that because we we hated Kamigawa as a set, not money wise, but as a set. So, I think I think uh, just the Theros block left such a bad taste in everybody's mouth with the with the Nine monsters completely dominating the meta game that yeah. I just don't think I don't think anybody is just willing to jump back in yet. And I don't know what that's what it's going to take for uh, the Theros block dealers to fire, but I know there's a, a guy who writes for Pure MTGO who's got to be like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> my <laughs> my block events just aren't firing. Yeah. Yeah. What does he write about then? I don't know. <laughs> he probably jump to standard. <laughs> yeah. Well, he. It's just that's not his thing. It's uh the guy is uh, named Psycho Babble. He does a round of block for pure MPGO. Yeah. Uh, and like he just that's all he does. He's written something like eighty some odd articles. You know, uh-huh. a weekly article. So <laughs> like that's his that's his series is around the block, and now his block events start firing. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like hmm, I don't know what to do. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe that changes what after what did Born he write the, about for the last few weeks? Uh, he basically wrote about what? praying about how hopefully Born of the Gods would yeah hopefully Born of the Gods would get rid of the monster stack <laughs> <laughs> or at least make it somewhat comparable you know and I was I talked with a bunch of people before Born of the Gods came out to you like uh, brewing with them you know like hey what are we gonna do with these cards that come with Born of the Gods and like all these chats with people that I had about where where to go and what to do. With uh, Born of the Gods release, it's kind of moot because the events are, you know, they're filling up less than ten people. Yeah, you know, less than ten people are even joining the event. <laughs> like that's the sign of a dead format. Is like when you can't even get a daily event to fire. It's like, man, yeah, I don't know how they how they fix that. I talked to Greystone yesterday, and he mentioned a blue red deck that beat monsters. That, yeah, uh, he was testing. Yeah, that's what he thinks. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it sounded pretty good. Yeah, I mean, 
I guess maybe he discovered a, a trick that worked, right? But from what I saw, like, you just can't, you can't have, uh, Thurst Block just didn't have enough answers for the Blue Red Monster stack. You could mine wins, but your percentage was not going to be greater than 50. Yeah. Like, I think they say greater than 60% of a format dominate, or of a deck dominating the metagame is uh, the sign of a solved format. And, you know, like you said, Naya Monster says 87%. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's, it's clearly the only deck. If, if, you, if you look at solely the Theros set itself without Born of the Gods, they, the removal was really bad. There wasn't, the removal wasn't so yeah, there's great. there's no removal. There's no removal. There's, yeah, here's, here's Downfalls, the only thing that you can have deal with Planeswalkers. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Heroes Downfall is just really, it's stretched thin. On uh, you know in Theros in Mono Theros block constructed uh, you know and a lot of people were hoping that with uh, Born of the Gods being printed that uh, you know Black got a couple more removal spells so maybe you have a Black control deck that sort of balances out the Naya monsters deck but you know and we honestly we haven't had a, a single daily event to test that theory yeah but but you know at some point it's like who who's gonna try and jump in because I'll tell you right now if I will jump into a Theros block daily I'm just gonna take Naya again. I'm not even going to bother trying to oh, test anything else. Because, you know, Naya is one of those, is the, the problem deck. And it's like, you have to answer yep. me. And then, if you answer me successfully, then you still have to win through my defenses. Yeah. So, it's like, that's the deck that I'm yeah, going to take. When a deck reaches 25% in poker, we start crying about bounds. <laughs> and yeah. this deck has 88%. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised they haven't banned anything, actually. Well, I think like I think there was hoping that I think there was hoping that Born of the Gods did something to to fix it, you know, and uh, I, they they probably would have, right? If this format was solved in December, before December, then they probably would have moved towards banning something. Yeah. But the thing is, that, like, it happens. Naya started to really take over that format towards the end of December and early January, and then they're like, eh, you know what? Screw it. Born of the Gods is coming out in a month. So yeah. Why ban anything? And yeah, and it's, it's it's just starting to reinforce what I've what I've been seeing with uh, Born of the Gods. Like before, when the set came out, they released the whole set online. I had a whole bunch of my friends who were just like a bunch of my friends were really excited about going to the pre-release. Like, yeah, this is gonna be fun. But uh, like me and like one other person, my friend Garrett, were like, no, we're just gonna wait and buy singles. We're not gonna waste money buying packs on this because. There's like maybe seven cards in the set that are worth even considering owning, and I could just couldn't justify with dropping dropping money on a bunch of booster packs just to get those seven cards. It's like screw it, I'll just buy them. Have you played any uh, Board of the Gods Limited? Yeah, I did try Born of the Gods Limited at Con of the North, and uh, I was not impressed. It, I, it, re, it, it pre, when I did this, when I did it, did the, did the, did the limited. I, it, it just reinforced everything I thought it would be. Just really, really didn't like it at all. I think that's a new dynamic to Theros, to like Theros Limited, because like Born of the Gods cards are really interesting to play with in limited. I think. No, I, I I wasn't too overly impressed with it. I was like, nah. I think I just wasted my time. I could have done something else at the con. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I guess you can have that too. I don't know. I yeah. played. Um, maybe I'm kind of biased because I just did some pre-release, not pre-release, uh, release events on Magic Online, and I got uh, Afora, God of the Polis, which is the blue-white god. Yeah. And man, I drew so many cards off of that god that it was just it was absurd. Yeah. And so I had a lot of fun there with that. And what else do I? I also cracked, um, you know, Master of Waves, which was pretty awesome. I didn't get to play it, but Master of Waves and, like, Hero of Heroes, where I drew... Because of Hero of Heroes, I had uh, a whole bunch of Nihilus Presences in my deck. Hero of Heroes is the one that's a uh, 2-2 heroic creatures that your auras cost one less to cast. Um, and so I had a whole bunch of Nihilus Presences, so I just chained Nihilus Presence. I drew, like, like five cards in a turn off of Nihilus Presences. It's <laughs> cool. Yeah, sweet. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. I, I had a lot of fun with the with the uh, with the limited environment. And I'll probably mm-hmm. do it a few more of those. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, now we talked about every other format, but uh, modern. <laughs> <laughs> but modern, modern. So I just like, to mention that the bannings in modern seem to have created a super healthy meta game right now. So yes, it has. The bannings did an amazing job. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm having. It, it will be interesting to see the the pro tour this weekend. Yeah. Oh, is that this weekend? Hmm. How's Zoo doing? I figured Zoo would make a huge like appearance. It's number thirteen on Goldfish right now. That's pathetic. So, and, but it is. It is uh, doing stuff in the dailies. Um, I think Zoo is a lot more successful than Ferris actually. It. It probably needs a few more a few more tournaments to get back up there. Yeah, oh, because uh, there are Nakatels being played a lot. Yeah. I, uh, when I was at Con, there, there was we ended up having a lot of uh, level up games. Being that the Magic coordinator, there was no Magic at Con. Magic players still showed up and uh, demanded it. So level up games are starting to try to find room and do some impromptu magic events, which they did go down. And that's what uh, in the what the big hype was in the magic community was a lot of talk about modern and a lot of talk about popper. Um, in the local area here in Minnesota, you're starting to see a lot of uh, magic shops starting to put up popper, paper popper events. And it's actually now starting to take fire and become a thing. That's cool. Unfortunately, like, but unfortunately, poppers like it's never going to be sanctioned by magic right? or by wizards, right? You're never gonna, they're never going to give it prize support. I, I do appreciate that uh, that people are doing paper magic events, though. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and as a large as a large, some of them as because I I have as I talked to a bunch of them while I was at con and um and. Uh, it was basically they're like yeah a lot of them are and but the thing is the the catch is a lot of the stores are actually following the online rules they they aren't allowing in the him to Turoks and stuff which makes for a meta game that's that's playing on the same uh that's playing on the same almost on the same level as online so that's kind of cool yeah i mean i that was really really cool to to hear and uh, there's a, a on the on like what was it? I think it was I had a, Saturday was when me and Peter were like, well, we'll wear a popper to people shirts that day. 
got to talk to a few of the a few of the players, and all of a sudden a whole bunch wanted to come up and start talking about Popper. <laughs> so oh, that's cool. Pretty cool conversations going on. Um, but yes, and that that and the modern was the other big thing that people were talking about how uh, how it enabled zoo back and uh, fairies is coming back because uh, in paper too. Uh, Fairy, the a key card, Vendillion Click, used to be at fifty bucks. As soon as the bannings came up, uh, Vendillions jumped ten dollars, and now they're sixty apiece. Yeah, so yeah, they're almost there online. But they've gone from twenty-seven to fifty online. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're gonna see fairies come back. We're going to see Zoo. We're going to see probably uh, people trying to pull off Living End being uh, now that uh, its biggest enemy is gone. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think yep. Living End is pretty sweet. Uh, but yeah, fairies is... Then they, then they will learn that John... Then they will learn that John is playing uh, for scavenging us now. Yeah. Instead of the first jump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Living End. Jund isn't nearly as strong though. It doesn't have the same reach that it did with no. Shaman, right? Hell, it's gone from I think being. Will recover. It's it's gone from being the clear like twenty percent of the metagame to five. Yeah. So it obviously took yeah. a big hit there with a lack of Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, and I and I was I, when I was talking this weekend at Con when they wanted to talk about modern. I was just basically it's like, well, the, the, I think what Wizards realized when they went through those bannings, the first thing they banned was. Uh, was the braid? Was the the braid? The braid? You know, braids. Bloodbraid elf. Yeah. yeah, bloodbraid elf. Because it's like yeah, it's just ridiculous and Jund. Well, all the Jund players did was take their death rights out of the sideboard and throw them into the main board, and then it created an even bigger threat, which killed a few decks. And when wizards looked at that, they're like, "Well, we need something to combat Jund," which that obviously that's what the bannings were for. And uh, you got uh, Zoo. I've, I've, I've seen the Zoo-Jun matchups, and Zoo can actually go against Jun and actually do something because I've, I've, the, when I've seen Jun play out, they can they can remove stuff, but if the creatures are dropping too fast, Jun has a problem with that. They can't deal with the, yeah, with the fast drop creatures. Especially when Liliana actually comes down on turn 3 instead of turn 2. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard for him, and it's uh the same thing with uh with fairies. Well, with bitter blossom after fairies disappeared, bitter blossom or after bitter blossom disappeared, fairies fairies can answer Jun too because they can play the key and counter spells. I mean, so I I think it's uh I think the the bannings were actually really good and it made a, a healthier metagame for modern. Cool. It's telling that uh, the number the number one deck has eleven percent of the meta game. That's that's a healthy format. Yeah, it's affinity. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, good old affinity. Yeah. Unfortunately, you still have the price of entry into modern. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I say that, and I have a standard deck I- now. So. <laughs> Yeah, at least you get to keep the money if you buy a modern deck. Yeah, uh, same my, my standard deck. Out. <laughs> that is true. That is one hundred percent true. Yeah. So, I'm gonna be on the lookout for what kind of a modern deck I want to play. The problem is, I want to play like the modern deck that I want to play is five hundred dollars. <laughs> so, what do you want to play? Blue red, uh, blue white red control. I think yeah, that's what five hundred fifty. 
I think that's what I want to play. You want to play I'm not a big combo blue? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big combo player, and like I think Merfolk is just not strong enough in this. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of people are obviously very successful with Merfolk, but yeah, uh, I think it's just not strong enough. It's good. It is pretty pretty bad against spot removal. Yeah. So uh, that's just my that's opinion. I, I don't know. I haven't played. I've never played modern. So if you've played modern, one I like. You know, one up me or talk to me about some modern and you know, what what I should play for modern. You know, whatever, it's cool. Talk, come talk to me. I'm kind of curious. I want to I want to delve into as many different formats as I can. I'm trying to yeah. expand my horizons away from away from popper. Well, yeah. not a, you know, I still love playing popper, obviously. Yeah, that's right. cool. Speaking of popper, yeah. Speaking of, yeah, we finally gonna start talking about popper now. We're like thirty yeah. minutes in the podcast. We're talking about popper now. Yeah, um, <laughs> we do have some metagame results posted here. Uh, we got uh, MPDC Worlds. Uh, this event had a lot of white weenie in it. <laughs> yeah. uh, our first, our first place deck was mono black control. Our second place deck was white weenie. We had a T four hexproof deck, a T four white weenie deck, a T eight mono white, a T eight another T eight mono white. <laughs> And then we had down here, we had a deck that was sort of mono-white, but it was running um, some extort. Had a black-white extort yeah. deck. So. Cool. Extort. I love yeah, this black-white. I love this black-white deck. This extort deck. It's pretty awesome. That's my opinion. Anyway. That's what, was, what, I, what I was playing uh, when I played Standard Popper seriously last time. <laughs> Very close to my deck. Yeah, uh, ex- ex- extort is still pretty, uh, pretty, pretty oppressive if it can go off properly. Because it really doesn't matter what you do; you're still hurting your opponent. Yep. So. Yeah. But yeah, we had that result, and then we okay. have a mirror event here that has a. Stompy deck in first place. Yeah. So Stompy made it all the way to the top in this premier event. Uh, Thiago, Thiago AM. Yep. Yeah. Did you ever, you ever ha- have, happen to play this guy at all? Ever? No, uh, I have not. Well, I mean, I, maybe I didn't back when we had dailies, but yeah, I don't recall. I, I haven't played him in a premier event since he's yeah. been on this list. Um, I haven't seen the name though. He seems like he's a pretty uh, well versed player, yeah. And Stompy is a, is a very good metagame choice. I think we said that a few uh, yeah a few episodes back, where Stompy was a really cool choice, really good choice because it beats Delver and it beats the blue red control deck. So yeah, one of the key things I'm seeing in his deck, why I'm guessing why he did so well, is he is mainboarding River Boa to basically uh, just get by blue. Uh, River Boa and Scattershot Archer. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, he's he's really just sticking <laughs> to players. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's totally the right choice, right? Scattershot Archer is not like the most impressive turn one play against control decks, but you know, it, it still can enable blood bloodthirst for your Scarring Pit Skulks, and yeah, it wears a Rancor, you know. So yeah, you can't really argue with the scatter shots, and you know, like Delver has a really tough time beating a turn one scatter shot, especially pre board. You know, pre-board, Delver's not going to beat a, a turn one scattershot archer. So, yeah. it does, you do have that going for you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I shouldn't say not going to beat. We still have snaps and stuff. But it's going to be very hard to beat a turn one scout shark. Yeah. Pre-board. Pre and apparently, if you were look, we look at his sideboard here, he really, really is hating out, uh, really hating out that affinity <laughs> for gleeful sabotages. Um, for thermocarst. I don't know that Gleeful Sabotage, like, for Gleeful Sabotage, if I'm playing Stompy, I'm not bringing in for Gleeful Sabotage against Affinity. Yeah. It's too much of a do-nothing card. Yeah. Against Affinity. But. It's fine to, like, bring in, you know, two, maybe three, but uh, sometimes it's just gonna get strained in your hand. I think, I actually think Gleeful Sabotage is more for, more, uh, Delver Hate. Yeah. To kill, to kill Spire Golems and Serrated Arrows. Yeah. But yeah, multi-use card right there. And then we got the Hornet Sting, which there's four of. Which, yeah. I, that's that's upper really good against the, I guess... I've, I've played that against the Delver bit before it's going to flip. Yeah. So, what's the same very reactive to Delver? Yeah, I don't like Hornet Stings um, if I'm playing Stompy. Because... Uh, if you're playing Stompy, you want to be the problem deck, and, like, you want to be less of a control deck. Like, Stompy can take a control route, but it's not very strong as a control yeah. route, because, you know, Hornet yeah, Stings Hornet just... Sting was great against Infect. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's good against, like, uh, some kind of weenie strategy like that, but I don't think I bring in Hornet Stings against Delver. Yeah. Personally. personally. Basically, all you really want to do with Stompy anyway is just drop and swing anyway. Yeah. I think I want to be the problem. What's the Uh Tron. Tron's actually pretty rough for Stompy. Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. okay. Fangrim Marauder is uh, pretty bad, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fangrim Marauder's really bad, and if they get the Fangrim Marauder out, you're pretty well screwed, so your best bet, uh, well, one of your decent bets is to Thermocarst their Tron pieces and turn them off with Tron. Because not only, not only does uh, the Fangrim Marauder really hurt, but a big Rolling Thunder wipes your board. Yeah, <laughs> you want to keep them off. You want to keep them off of uh, big mana as long as possible. Yeah, because they'll you, yeah if you, yeah Thermocurse constantly keeps them in a setup mode so you can get through. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I still don't actually like it, but you know yeah. I haven't played I haven't played Stompy in a while. Maybe that's the right choice for Tron uh, to beat Tron. But the last time I played Stompy, I just killed Tron on turn four. Yeah, just ran <laughs> through. <laughs> I did that. I did. I did Stompy for a pure MTGR. Pure MTG article on uh, two weeks ago, I think, maybe. Yeah. And uh, I just I turned four him, and then I turned five, thought five him. I was like, all right, well that wasn't that, that wasn't very hard. Yeah. Now let's see what we got in the rest of this premier event. We got some old guy with his uh, class A, the, his uh, control deck. <laughs> he's playing mono blue oh, control. This, uh, very interesting take on it. At this time, he's playing mono blue. Yeah. 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 This one's mono blue. Uh, he does switch it up. He, he's always playing control deck, but this one's mono blue, which is uh. He's drawing a lot of cards with that. <laughs> yeah, apparently four accumulated knowledge, four exclude, three Unos grace are his card draw. Apparently, he likes making and two models. Yeah, two models. Two models mixture. the mixture to get more accumulated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when in trouble, draw more cards. Remember that. Yeah, well, that's how Delver works. <laughs> and then we got here per perks deck. It looks like this is looking like uh, just Delver Blue. Yep, standard Delver list. Yep, and the Z with uh, blue red control. Yep. 
I should also mention that I highlighted this list in my pure article this week. Yeah. Yep. This is sweet. It's very, very good. Um, Looks like it's pretty well-rounded. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. Okay. And we got uh, Surakuku with Affinity. No, no. No, it's Delver. Sorry, my bad. Delverfiend. Like Delverfiend or I... It's either Delverfiend. Some people call it eye candy, whatever. Delverfiend. Yeah, Delverfiend. And then we got Johan80 with what looks like a blue red control. Yep. Yeah. And then Matu Matukata? Yeah. <laughs> with another Delverfiend deck. Then, yeah. of course, the XM act that are, the, he always runs this list. <laughs> yeah. Delver. Yeah, Delver. His usual Delver list. Yeah, his usual. The usual. Yep. So, nothing really. It's pretty much the well. Shuffle off. I got uh, was was down here a little bit with his uh, his. Exhum control. Yep, his exhum yeah. control. <laughs> but that's all I really <laughs> saw out of this one. Yeah. I think it was really cool that he he's played it in so many uh, premiere events. I thought he was trolling the premiere event first. <laughs> but he's actually yeah, winning with it. <laughs> yeah, he does fine with it. I think he's a better oh. control player than most people. I think if he played uh if he played like a main deck a main a mainstream control deck, he'd probably take take down an event. Yeah. But he likes playing his own yeah. Bruce, so Yeah, he just likes being different. <laughs> yeah. So that's and super he could cool still be trolling people. Respect to David. And I suppose yeah. I suppose he could t- <laughs> it lies to lies to the point of if you play play anything enough. This, all the time, you, you get good with it because you, you know how to play it because you played it enough. Yeah. So. Yes. I did want to point out one of the thing, one of the things I saw. Him, I was watching him stream, and one of the cool things he does with this deck is he plays like uh, he'll go on the draw. If he's on the draw, he'll play like an island, and then he'll play a turn two uh, Demir Aqueduct, you know, which makes him have eight cards in hand, and then yeah. he, dis- he discards Umlong's Crusher and he zooms it next turn. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> That's just um, yeah. So it's, it's one of the ways that I never thought. Yeah, one of the ways I never thought of that you could get Crusher in the graveyard was just by having too many cards in your hand. But you know, like one of the you don't want to miss your land drops, right? So the Aqueduct makes it where you're not yeah. missing your land drop, but then at the same time you get to discard still. So yeah, so, yep. <laughs> I just thought that was really awesome. It's pretty ingenious. <laughs> yeah, but that's you needed someone thinking outside the box. And then uh, what do we got in this other one? This is yours. Oh, well, you can go over this one. This you got second place in this one. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's go to the top eight. The top eight was uh, pretty uneventful for me. I played against uh, Chicoso FDK, who was playing uh, Familiars. Uh, beat him in round one of the top eights. He was, you know, uh, I think one game. I can't remember whether it went two. What does it say on here? Uh, yeah, it went two one. One game. Uh, I think it was the first game. I just did like the standard Delver nut draw on him. Uh, the second game, he did the standard familiar Esper nut draw on me. And then in the third game, uh, he mulliganed to six, and he kept a hand that didn't have any uh, non-blue mana. So I just I think he got stuck with too much stuff in his hand, so or too much like familiars or maybe some sideboard cards like Lone Missionaries or something stuck in his hand. I'm not entirely sure, but he got to. Four mana and like he just couldn't do anything because 
I just counterspelled whatever you try to do, like invoking mole drifters and casting force C or whatever. I just spell stuttered it or you know did something to counter it and just beat him down in the third game there. So uh, then it came up against in the semifinals. TKC fifty five was playing familiars again. And I think that was much more one side of our call, right? I don't know. It was another two one. I, I I can't honestly can't remember that game. I think it just like it was just standard fair where I just killed killed him with the usual way. Uh, and then we took down, and then we split with some old guy. You know, he won the die roll, so I was like, "Yep, I'll take the loss," and uh, split it up with him. He was playing teachings, yeah. Which, like you know, like I said before, it's a pretty even matchup. I think he has a lot of card advantage, so if he can make it past turn five or six or so, then he's probably got me beat. But you know, without say, if he can make it past that amount or that turn with greater than ten life, then he's probably got me beat. Yeah, but. Uh, other than that, I can beat him pretty... I can still, like, beat him pretty handily now, especially with uh, with his deck, where he's relying on a lot of removal to spot, uh, you know, to one-for-one one me out. But, you know, I've got the Stormbound guys now, so I can beat his one-for-one one plan, because Stormbound guys are two creatures. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think, I think it would have been close, and we probably would have gone 2-1, whatever the outcome was. Uh... So yeah, there we go. And the rest of the top eight we have Delver, piloted by Sika Eason, and he's running a very greedy list. Fifteen islands, <laughs> uh, four days. Yeah, fifteen islands, four days, four four spikes. Uh, wow. He seems, he seems to be fairly consistent with it, though. He he places pretty frequently, so I don't know. It seems to be working for him. of the Delver decks. That must yeah. be his plan, like playing. A little faster than the other double decks. Yeah, he doesn't even have the spire goal and backup plan. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we already talked about TKC, who's playing Familiars. We have Vagar, who's playing Affinity. Um, this is a pretty standard Perilous Affinity list. Yep. yep. Pretty pretty standard Perilous Affinity list. Uh, he's running Oriok Sun Chaser, so four of. Probably just to combat Delver, if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, then we have Sick Draw, quote unquote. He's also playing Affinity. He's in sixth place. I played against him in the uh, in the Swiss. He's a very interesting text. Pirate Spell Bombs. This is actually this is the guy who I think delivered my loss to me in the Swiss was Sick Draw. Uh, Pirate Spell Bombs are just a beating for me as a Delver player because he gets to up his Affinity count, and then I can't play a Delver or a Spell Stutter into this Pirate Spell Bomb because he'll just crack it and you know kill my Delver or Spell Stutter. Yeah. So this is a sweet tech. I love pirate spell bombs in this list. <laughs> uh, is it better than Perilous Research that he is not running? I don't know. Uh, honestly. Maybe against Delver it is. Yeah, it's, uh, it probably is. He's not <laughs> running any Perilous Research. You know, uh, this sort of like does kind of sort of double up as a Perilous Research because he can just, against decks where it's not good, he can just sack and draw a card. It's not quite a Perilous Research, obviously, but. I don't know. I think it does okay. I think it really double cool. spring cleaning in the sideboard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I think uh, this would be really cool to see this deck versus uh, Pirate Perilous head to head. Yeah, you know, um, I think Disciple of Vault is actually gives this affinity deck an edge against the other affinity deck. The all the Disciple of the Vaults. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. So, hey, there you go. There's your answer to that. <laughs> That's how you beat the mirrors, play Disciple of the Vaults, which nope, most of the other Affinity decks are not running right now. Yeah. So then we also ta- already talked about Chikoso, FDK, who was running Familiars, and then we have a uh, Mono Blue Control list, highlighted by Straka 3. This is a pretty standard Mono Blue Control list. Although he's not running Accumulated Knowledge, which makes me sad, but, uh, well... He made it to top eight with it, so can't complain too much. Yeah. Or whatever. So there we go. Anything else of interest in the top 16 here? I don't think so. Well, we have a a Goblins list. It's pretty sweet. (laughs) He's running Intimidator Initiates. Uh. Yeah, he's uh, Intimidator Initiates, a 1-1 Goblin for red. Uh, goblin Shaman. Whenever a player casts a whenever a player casts a red spell, you may pay one. If you do, target creature can't block this turn. It is a one drop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a one drop goblin, and you get to falter some things. That's cool. Pretty nice. I still don't like Sparksmith. <laughs> You're crazy. Sparksmith is awesome. I don't like it. Uh, it's, it's game against Delver. Ugh. It is, you know, a resolve Sparksmith just beats Delver. Straight up. Oh, a ninja, okay, he dies. A Delver, yeah, he yeah. dies. Spiral, he dies. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You're still risking a lot, though, because you're hurting yourself in the process. That's yeah, goblins. but you're dealing out more damage. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it sucks in the mirror, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, it doesn't necessarily suck. Just be careful with it. <laughs> we have a sliver deck. Slivers? It's still a thing. Yeah, it's still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we got a pretty standard slivers list. Yeah. Although, why do they keep playing Ranger's Guile? Oh my god, play Vines of Vastwood. Yeah, Please really. just play Vines of Vastwood. It's not illegal. You can use it in this format. <laughs> just play yeah, Vines. Well, it's I've... better in every situation I can think of. No, if you have a. Uh... If you want both the plus and the untargetability, you only have one mana, then Ranger's Guile is a little better, isn't it? Okay. You need to... <laughs> Every relevant situation I can think of. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we have one more premiere event. Oh, man, we do? Okay. Yeah. Is it linked on the, is it linked on the show notes? Down. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's not. I, was, I played in this one. Yeah, you got it, uh, like, four. I was fourth. Or, yeah, fourth or something like that. Burn took it down. That was so funny. You know what's funny too? What's even funnier than that is that not only did Burn take it down, Burn actually beat Delver in the semifinals to take it down. Yeah, and it beat Perks, who yeah. is a very good Delver player. Yeah. No, he I, actually he didn't just beat he did not just just beat Delver. He beat Mono Blue Control in the quarterfinals <laughs> to beat <laughs> to come up against Delver in the semifinals. To beat blue red control in the finals, so shout out to this guy. This guy is amazing. He's got to be an amazing burn player, to or yep. you know, amazing, amazingly lucky to do that. Wow. So yeah, shout out to him. He's a uh, his burn list is pretty much all in on the burn plan. He's got no backup plan at all to speak of. Yeah, no uh, creatures except marauders. Yeah, which actually I think is the right call with all with people playing excludes. Yep. You know, so much, so many excludes in the metagame right now. Um, so his list is very all in. It's just four of all the good burn spells, 
And then he's got one Curse of the Pierce Heart, one Incinerate, and two Shard Volleys. Wow. Yep. Four Flame Rift is pretty uh, unusual. Yeah. Hmm. How do you feel about that? I don't. I haven't played Burn really, so. It could be the right metagame call right now. Uh, for some reason, you see very little life gain in the meta right now. Yeah. This is just a Sorius Kitty, pretty much. Which but gains yeah. life. Yeah. Now, no. Now that David's not playing it, nobody's playing it. <laughs> no. Now that David's playing Zoom Control, nobody's playing Sorius Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well. Uh, uh, this would be madness against Stompy or like really aggressive decks. No, I don't think so though, because like Burn has the four turn clock. Uh, you end up stuck with a... Flame Rift a lot of the time. Yeah. I played one Flame Rift for a while, and it was often uh, useless. Yeah. But when you're racing, you don't want to give away four points of damage. Okay. But he's yeah. not racing. He's playing in control decks. So yeah, yeah. So it's probably the right choice. But I hate the needle drops in a Delver heavy meta. You get stuck with yeah. the needle drops. Yeah, they can be a pretty big problem. But yeah, well, it obviously well, you, you spell stutter my searing blaze, and then I'm stuck with needle drop. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I assume you side out needle drops in Delver. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I assume you side out needle drops and. Flame Rifts, maybe, against Delver? Because you're probably going to race Delver. That's how you're going to beat him. Yeah. Uh, so, alright, so Burn took down first place. Second place I talked to you already, or talked about a little bit already, who's uh, Blue Red Control, followed by N1N. And, uh, yeah, he beat me. He's got a. Man, I saw so many sideboard cards out of him, though. <laughs> it was just, it was absurd how many side. And the, and the games that. You know the post cyborg game. He brought in, he brought in shattering pulse. I saw all four pyroblasts against me. I saw a deep analysis, and I think two annuls and a dispel. So like, all of the cyborg cards he brought in. Like I just saw them all, and you know, uh, the the matchup's already pretty rough even without cyborg. And after cyborg, it's just like it's almost unwinnable. You have to hope for the like. A really good draw against them to, to really win. But yeah, he beat me pretty handily, 2 0. Uh, then you got my list, same list as I was running before. Um, then we got Perks, which is interesting because he was running Stompy a while back. Uh, one or two of these premier events ago, but then he made the switch over to Delver. Can't say that I argued with that. <laughs> Delver will always uh, be good in this format. I think Delver will always be good in this format until something else comes up that seriously changes the metagame. I think Delver will just always be good. <laughs> yeah, it's just... yeah, The card's just so solid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, moving along, we have uh, another Affinity list, which is another interesting take on Affinity. We have an Affinity list that's not running any Caracus Porters. <laughs> So this guy said, you know what? You know what's awesome about Affinity 4 fours? Nope, just kidding. It's not really that awesome at all. <laughs> so we're just going to cut these 4 fours And play something else. Play Disciple of the Vaults. So this guy's looking for the pure combo, I imagine. I played against him. Uh, I beat him, I think, in round one. Of the, no. 
I beat him in the Swiss, I know that, and I was like, what? How did you... What? What are you doing against me? Because, like, I was really confused to see Disciple of the Vault post sideboard against me as the Delver player. I'm like, so you left in something that yeah. I can spell strider? Like, without even having another Cloud of Fairies or spell strider on the table? Okay, uh, he got me with it one game, though, where he had two Disciples of the, out, and he resolved an ATOG, and he just killed me on the spot there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, he got me there. Can't really argue that, but I beat him 2-1. I think that has to, just, has to be because of the sideboarding. It's like, no, you can't do that. Uh, the 4-4s four are how you beat Delver. I think you really need to leave them for You need to have 4-4s four in your deck. But hey, you got 5th place, so you did something right. Yeah. It looks very geared to beating Control. Yeah. Yeah, that could be true. But even against uh, the deck, your Disciple isn't that great, right? I don't know. I think it actually is. I think it's actually very good against the Izzet deck. Because right. he gets to... If he resolves... You know, the, if he resolves a Disciple of Vault or two, if he ever resolves an Atog or, you know, any of his creatures, then when they kill it, they're going to lose a lot of life. I don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. I'm not sure. I know there's two very distinct possibilities there. Maybe it's good or maybe it's not. <laughs> <laughs> So, next to sixth place is Corrado running Mono Blue Control again. Yep. And uh, Barclay here, who's running Teachings. Barclay 212 running Municipal Teachings deck. Uh, and then Giarola, who... He was playing Blue Red Control. He beat me in the Swiss, and then I beat him in the top eight. Uh, this is the first time... Mark my words, this is the first time I've ever beaten the Blue Red Control deck is when I beat him just now in the, in the top eight. <laughs> so and Giarola, you know Dan is a real is a really good player. Yes. Uh, was on affinity for the longest time. Yep. But hey, now he's playing Blair Control. Which is the standard list, pretty much. Not too much has changed from that. And that's what we have for the premier event. That's cool. Pop, pop, pop. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot I had to add something to the shoutouts. Okay. Um, what else do we have here? We do have some articles. That's the, do we have any more metagame stuff? Or I think that's it. it? I'm it, done talking. You guys fine. can talk the rest of the episode. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, I, it was good. It was good interaction. I figured I wasn't going to break it up. I'm like, I'm just let them keep going. They're doing just fine. <laughs> um, yeah. We had uh, the, uh, two articles pop up that I found that were interesting for like where standard popper is related. Uh, an article on Born of the Gods and what uh, what cards really complement the metagame the the cards for standard popper. Um, namely, in white, one of the big ones that was uh, one of the ones was let's see here a Crowan Skyguard. The uh, two-drop flying heroic, the one-one flyer that uh, every time you cast a spell, it targets him. He gets a one-one counter. So yeah, yeah, that, that's that that seems pretty decent for uh, what mono, for what uh what what you want to do in weenie because target it and stuff. And then uh, that's one of the cards. There's that. There's the. They go, he kind of goes through in depth here. A lot of different cards. It's uh, a lot of cards for white. Revoke existence, of course, which doesn't surprise me that uh, that that reprint would become valid again because I I really like this card. 
Uh, Revoke Existence is one of those cards that uh, even it's the free, say a standard popper picture as well as the even in the EDH community, it's really not a bad card when you're when you're going against uh, re- real problem artifacts when they go to make it indestructible because it's exiles. So, and for two mana, that's pretty good. To, I mean, right? For two mana, exiling something's that, that's actually not a bad cost. Yeah. For an exile, I mean, it could be a heck of a lot more expensive than two. <laughs> so. But yeah, so this is a great article. I happened to skim over this one when I was uh, donating plasma today. Um, that one's pretty sweet. And then we have an article, a uh, thought, uh, thoughtcast article. We, we've we've highlighted a bunch of this the this art these articles because they're really good. Uh, Guild gates versus expanses. Uh, basically, this article he is weighing. Uh, uh, Terramorphic Expanses versus Guildgates. Uh, I love, I love the way David breaks down things like this. Yeah. Well, now I hear myself. Yeah, I I think he does a really good job of it too. Hey, I mean, this is a really in-depth article, and he goes into a really good explanation of everything. So it's pretty cool, and talks about. Cloud post a little bit. Old mm. memories. <laughs> First of all, about cloud post. You do not talk about cloud post. Yeah. <laughs> so, another great article for our listeners to check out. Uh, but uh, got anything? Got any news for finance there, Dan? Uh, I wanted to make a point out over that uh, shots calling is a bad idea in Magic Finance. To be successful in Magic Finance, uh, it's a grind. And your brag stories are not interesting, and you should not be going for them. So now a lot of finance people are looking at the Pro Tour and trying to speculate there. And I'm just not touching it, because uh, that's not the way finance works. That's not where you find the expected value or uh, the hourly rate that you must also consider. So uh, I'll include a link that uh, about why you should not call shots in finance. Uh, I also like to say that uh, you should absolutely not, unless you need the cards for play, now is the worst time to actually buy any Born of the Gods, <laughs> because the Born of the Gods will crush, uh, it will really, really crash uh, for a long time. The prices for Born of the Gods and Theros will keep dropping until for four more months, so mid-June for buying Theros block cards unless you need them for uh, play. So in finance, I'm always looking for cards that can give... It's important to have goals. And I'm looking for cards that can give over 200% within 12 months. And uh, right now, those cards come from the flashback drafts still. The flashback drafts are over. But here are some popper cards that are historically really low right now because of the flashback drafts. So uh, I've been picking up Molten Rains, uh, 15 cents. Nightscape Familiar, 15 cents. Great Furnace at 15 cents. Uh, some cards have already gone up from the Mirrodin and Invasion drafts. Uh, Unmake look, looks interesting at 34 cents. And uh, White Win is not a big thing in the meta, but. Uh, White will come back someday, uh, if you look at the curve for Unmake. 
it's uh, a constant history of hitting one ticket and then falling down, hitting one ticket, then falling down. I have a couple of modern cards as well I'm looking at. You want to hear those? Go for it. Sure. Uh, Warren Instigator. Uh, used to be 10 tickets, it's now 2. Uh, Oblivion Stone is maybe uh, almost the only uh, staple modern card that has not spiked it. <laughs> the modern is hyped right now. Uh, but Oblivion Stone is still low since the flashback drafts. Uh, also, I like to talk about uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor. He was recently drafted. He uh, is in from the, it was in from the Worlds twenty. But imagine how many people will want this guy in June when Vintage Masters is released. Everybody will be playing Vintage and Legacy. And uh, who's the best planeswalker in those formats? It's Jace the Mind Sculptor. You can get him for slightly above 30 or even less if you want the From the Waltz version. Wow. Yeah. Got funding. So we're going to stay away from Jace. <laughs> oh, yeah. He costs a lot already, but I think he has a lot of potential. Uh, exclude has dropped, so it's time to pick up your playsets, but uh, it's not a speculation target. It will be hard to get 200% out of exclude. And prohibit. Uh, does prohibit really have a home anymore, Chris? Um, it could. Uh, the thing is, it's like it's like the best counterspell nobody's playing right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if, if uh, anybody plays David's it, it has a lot of potential. Yeah, Dave, David's playing Aura of an Exhumed Control deck. Uh, I think it's still a very good counterspell, and just right now, um, Exclude seems to be where the control decks wants, want to be at the moment. Uh, I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination, that Prohibit's bad, uh, and it's it's less than 50 cents right now. I think at the very least you get your playset. Yes, and yeah. uh, to see Prohibit costing uh, 1.5 within the year doesn't seem unlikely. Uh, also, uh, a lot of that depends on how many how many new people are adopting Popper, how many new people want to play it and ha want to buy the cards for it. I think Popper is always going to have a home, and you know if somebody comes up with a deck that uses prohibits or you know tweaks the blue red control deck to run a few prohibits or something, then you start to see that price go back up because yep. uh, prohibits never been a four of in any deck that has been ran. It's always been like two, maybe three of max. Yeah. Right. So it's always there. Yeah. So. Also, uh, uh, Cloud of Fairies is pretty low still, but it's being played a lot. So, uh, and that's also a result of the flashback drafts. Yeah, I think uh, actually the Cloud of Fairies like sort of flooded the market. I don't know that the Urza's cards go back up in value because like all these commons, like just people got them all. And <laughs> no, but there's, it, there's... it's happened before. It's it's not the first time Ursa block is drafted, so it will uh, it will take a couple of months, but then prices are back up. If if yeah. the card has a home, and Cloud of Fairies seems to have a home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, just look at the curve for those cards. That it it was sold. It was down to two tickets uh, back in December 2012 when Ursa was drafted, but then it went to ten. Yeah. Well, I went to 10 whenever it was in Fisher Post, too. So, uh, yeah, but yeah. it's still being played in uh, two, two good decks right now in the formats, and it's still yeah. a broken card. <laughs> yeah. I think, unfortunately, though, um, you know, when it was 
like that, you had you know hundreds of people playing these daily events, and uh, I have my doubts about popular speculation in general because of just the small amount of people who play in premier events. I it's, think we, I think I saw we saw the biggest premier event fire since like the return of premier events back in uh, early January. Yep. Uh, and that was this weekend. I think it fired with forty four people, and that was like I was pretty impressed to see that many people firing and fire the event. Yeah. I had those fears uh, one, two months back, but I don't have those fears anymore because it seems to... Uh, every card is behaving like it should. Like the flashback draft cards have gone up. Uh, yep. Demand seems to be there, so it must be casual if nothing else. Yeah, I think um, there's some people who have like barrier, like barrier to standard format problems who they are still going to play popper. I, just, I think that like the days of 10 ticket popper cards that aren't, don't see play in any other format are done. Yep. You know, I, I think so too, I, absolutely. But uh, I don't see, I don't see Cloud of Fairies. If it does go up, I don't see it going up past 3 or 4, really. Yeah, I could see uh, it being 6 again. I, you know, I just I don't think so. I think there's the people who are playing popper are they already have they already have their Cloud of Fairies or you know, I just I don't think the demand is there to to raise popper prices that much anymore. I think that's why I think you haven't seen snaps and unearth and whatever go up. But unearth has gone up a lot. Yeah, it was down to. I think whatever you know. Without, I'm not like a price finance guru or whatever, but I think it's just that was just price correction. Is that what it's called? Where it's like, oh yeah, it should have been this price all along, but uh, it it hit the two hundred percent in two weeks after it was flashback drafted, and uh, yeah. right now it's up. Uh, 350% since the flashback drafts. Yeah. That's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, Cloud of Fairies is the best card to get, but I think it won't get much lower. Uh, I would definitely look for the cards that are in uh, Modern as well. So, Molten Rains, uh, also been picking up a lot of Darksteel Citadels. At about thirty-five cents. Okay. Yeah, that's actually not bad at thirty-five cents. I have a long list of stuff that should be sold right now, but it's all modern stuff and uh, legacy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I'm skipping that. Uh, if anybody's interested, check out my uh, YouTube channel, Magic Adding Strat, where I have the weekly finance tips, episode seven. I'm looking at the show notes for that right now. Uh, I also like to mention then that I will be away for uh, three episodes. So I will be back on March the 17th. Because uh, I'm going away on a, a romantic uh, getaway to Thailand with my wife. That's cool. Yeah, we're going to uh, stay in a really nice hotel right above where the tsunami hit Phuket. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. we, ha we have a jacuzzi on our balcony, so if the tsunami comes back, we can we have a front view, so we'll sit there and sip our drinks and watch people drown. <laughs> That's always cool. fun. That sounds morbid as hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brennan will be here uh, next week. Yes, uh, that's the other thing in news I was going to mention. We are going to have Brandon on next week before you go off to... I'll, I'll be going off now, so... Oh, so we're going to just have Brandon and not you? Yes. Okay, that's fine. 
So the standard Pope Gauntlet starts on uh, Monday, on the 24th of February. It's cool. And I bet Brennan has a lot to say about that next week. Yeah, could you get me a, send me a contact when we're done here so I can get that? Yes. Contact info? Yeah. Okay. Um, Rage of the Week. Couldn't find anything. That's pretty quiet right now. Yeah. People aren't getting as fair. angry, so... Sad state of affairs. Does that mean that people are getting nicer? Probably not. No, no, not at all. They're just silently raging at home to nothing. But that's good. <laughs> exactly, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's very good for the game. Um, what else do I got here for news? Uh, compare conspiracy releases this summer. I'm guessing this conspiracy release is probably on the back of the fact that they messed up and and, and, tie, and uh, they messed up and accidentally put a card in a pack. <laughs> Cat's no, out of the bag, so decided to just let it out because there's really nothing they can do about it. That's the conspiracy that nobody cares about. Yeah, I think this is their attempted viral marketing, and it's failing because I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, shout-outs in email. A uh, few shout-outs. Uh, went to con this weekend, obviously. A lot of people knew about that last week. Um, I got in contact with quite a few gaming companies. Oh, we got a local one in St. Cloud here called Prolific Games. They have a bunch of games on their Kickstarter that they're doing. Uh, they have some pretty cool games. Uh, I'm, I'm signed up now as a, as a, a game tester because I'm in their, in the same, in their area. When, as they put new projects out to just test games out for them. Um, they have a really cool line of games that are, aren't normal. Their two big ones out right now are, uh, it's called Flapjacks and Sasquatches. It's a really funny game where you're trying to gain Flapjacks and uh, Sasquatches are stealing them. It's a really, really stupid fun game. <laughs> that sounds... That sounds like something you would enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And then they have another oh. one called The Hirelings, which is like they're picking, poking fun at D&D. So that's pretty interesting. Kind of want to give them a shout-out. Uh, just check out what their, what their projects are on Kickstarter. They have pretty cool stuff. They're really nice people. Another one here, uh, Man the Bridge, is another event I did. It's uh, it's uh, it's a team, team building type of exercise thing where... Uh, but it's also a game that they're that a group's trying to put out. It's they put you in a setting of like Star Trek, and you're actually controlling one of the bridge position bridge stations on on a starship, and uh, you're actually just on a makeshift bridge and uh, sharing a view screen with everybody. Basically, they have a room that has a projector, and they have these iPads hooked up, and you're like if you're on weapons, you're only in control of weapons. And you're just going through a simulator. It's a big simulator, like being on a starship. It's kind of cool. Had a lot of fun with that. My ship got blown up twice. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Kind of shout out them. And uh, for those uh, that uh, we haven't had Grant Champion on in a while, I'd like to get him back on. So if Grant, you're listening to this and you need to get a hold of me, uh, Grant Champion is back and streaming again. Come back to us too, Grant. Yes, so uh, hopefully we can get him on here. And uh, but if you have a chance to uh, check out his channel because he's streaming again, so it's pretty sweet. You know what? He was 
He's still mad at us for losing the episode where he was on. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's not mad. And then uh, no, again, Mikey K, old or one of our uh, past alumni uh, co-hosts. He uh, he is he's streaming too. He he gets on and streams. He's still streaming. So yeah, check those guys out and uh, yeah, just uh, check out their channel. Are they both streaming exclusively popper? Uh, stre- they stream. They stream everything. Like, they do some popper. They do. They 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 get on and do some popper. But it's usually it's usually makeshift what they feel like streaming at the time. So, but yeah, they uh, they stream everything. Uh, it's I, I've I've actually watched a few of Grant Champion's Kingdom Hearts uh, streams. That's pretty funny because he uh, he has a uh, if he's not streaming popper he'll do a. Uh, I think one time he called it Drunken Kingdom Hearts. That was hilarious to watch him stream that then. <laughs> uh, you can, Drunken Kingdom Hearts is the same as regular Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts is just a mash button game anyway, pretty much. Yeah, so. But yeah, they're out there streaming. Kind of check them out. Uh, but before we go, how can they get a hold of you, Chris? Um, I know there was something else I wanted to say, and I can't remember what it was now. Okay, well, I'm just going to shout out. Oh, wait. I want to do a shout Go out. For it. I want to do a shout out. I'm, try- I'm sold on. I'm still trying to think of the shout okay. out. <laughs> it's coming. Dan, do your contact info. Okay, I can do <laughs> shout outs. Uh, shout out to everyone who has been doing uh, Born of the Gods uh, videos on Magic Gathering Strat. Uh, I can't remember all of you, but there, there are plenty of Born of the Gods videos on Magic Gathering Strat. Uh, shout out to Just Another Magic Podcast. I was on that uh, seven hours ago. And that was a lot of fun. They were celebrating a year of podcasting. That's pretty sweet. Uh, if you want to reach me, you can find me on YouTube at Magic Gathering Strat. And you can find me on the Popper to the People forums as Sisila. I'm also on mtgostrat.com. Cool. Okay, I remembered. All right, so here's my shout out. I need more decks to showcase for Pure MTGO. So if you guys have decks, if you have a brew, if you have a Tribal Zombies deck that you want me to try, I need deck lists. Ship me over deck lists. Uh, you can do that. I actually do it to my personal email, cweaver8518 at yahoo.com. You can also tweet me if you need if you forget that. My Twitter is at cweaver8518. Uh, I wanted to shout out to... Uh, Exelon Company, who did my job interview for me last week. It was a great experience going out to Illinois, no matter how freaking cold it was out there. We got <laughs> to see some awesome sights, but you know, Illinois was like negative two degrees when I landed. <laughs> so, uh, but hopefully I'll get this job there, and if I do, if you're in the greater Chicago area, I'll be around, and you'll have to hook me up and let me know where the good game stores are. Maybe I'll have a not-crappy LGS that I can play Magic at. Yeah. So, there we go. I think that's about it. Uh, also, on, C- on Magic Online, you can contact me. My name is C. Weaver on there. Okay. 